And hello, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night's narrative. We're a little late. I apologize. There's just some news going on. People, you know, trying to test us, seeing if we can do the news as quickly as it arrives, and we'll do our best tonight. There's obviously some news from the January 6th investigation committee. There's lots of other news going on. We'll share that as we get through a starting block. And later on, Dr. Steve Hassan is back here with us tonight to continue. It was a really a fascinating conversation on our season premiere. And this time we're going to focus exclusively on the Moonies, how they do what they do. And, uh, Various other sundry things, including how disinformation around COVID is very much built on the basis of the cults. You know, that there's a lot of similarities between all of that disinformation that's going on and the cults. Hello, Heidi. Hello. We race to the finish. Here we are. Race <laughs> <laughs> race to the start, actually. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I think it would be really funny if the pre-show was the hour we spend leading up to the show, because, boy, that would be really entertaining. We, we look all cool right now, but... <laughs> you know, so you think, yeah. So um, this, this is just a lot going on, and we, we'll bring you some other news that we haven't mentioned in these uh, brief promos. But the biggest news today, and I'm not even going to go with starting block music because I can't find it, to be honest, but the big news tonight is about those January the 6th investigation committee subpoenas. We had four of them sort of leak out last week. Not the yeah. out, they're officially uh, handed out. Let's talk a little bit about these committee. Um, you've got the announcement in front of you. The press committee, I the press do. release was put out by the committee earlier on. It has 11 yeah. names on it, as far as I yeah. can tell. And on those list is some people that we were expecting. I would say it would be a surprise if people like Amy Kramer weren't on that list. But tell us who else is on that. Yeah, this is really interesting. They, um, 11 new subpoenas and they're for Stop the Steal and I think Women for America First. One of them, you'll recognize Katrina Pearson because she has been involved in the Trump campaign. She was always on Parscale's side during various events. Isn't she from Fox uh, News? I feel like I've seen her on Fox News when I occasionally dabbled there. Is yeah. She, is she a Fox Newser? She may very well be. She's one of the women who shows up all over the what we are calling now the propaganda stations and the influence stations. Yeah. And uh, so it's not surprising. But what is surprising is, you know, we were just talking yesterday about how there's not enough action. And we do really have this committee. And they are going after, they're subpoenaing the right people. So it's definitely a very hopeful way to start the news block. Yeah, let's go through some of these other names. So Amy Creamer and Kylie Creamer, both part of the Women for Trump organization, America yeah, First. Yeah, women, women for America First, yes. exactly. And then Cynthia Chafin is a big name. I mean, she certainly is a big name. She's come up in every little aspect of this investigation. So it'll be really interesting to see what she has to say. She was the first person to submit the application, but I, you know, her, her name was changed and other people were uh, added to that list. But that's an interesting thing. Carolyn Wren is another interesting character. She's Kimberly Guilfoyle's sort of right-hand person and also a bundler for one of these big Ohio, you know, maybe organized crime kind of figures. Mm -hmm. She also likes to spend a lot of money on Lindsey Graham. So that's interesting. Maggie Mulvaney, she's the cousin or the niece, sorry, of the former... Yeah, uh, was it Mick Mulvaney? Yeah, Mick Mulvaney. So yeah. uh -huh. these are all interesting because I'll just show you a quick slide before we jump into the other news. But... I've gone through this before with folk, but it's really interesting that on that application, there are a whole bunch of people directly related to Donald Trump campaign. It's not like Donald Trump accidentally happened upon a January the 6th rally. They created mm -hmm. these organizations mm -hmm. and then they funded them through the campaign funding, which is you know to the tune of 2.7 or $3.7 million. 
And that's how the Stop the Steal event was actually funded initially. So a lot of people believe that it was just some sort of like grassrootsy thing. Not so much. It wasn't really like that at all. But who else is on this list? Um, do you have any other names? Oh, it means it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Justin Caporal. I don't know him. Tim Unes or Unes. Megan Powers. Oh, Megan Hannah Powers Salem. Yeah. Lyndon Brentnell. And that brings us down to Katrina Pearson. So they, I love how you just have been doing this so long that you just know these people off the top of your head. Oh, yeah. I've dug into these people. They're like my good friends now. These, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting that this is sort of the organizational bench, really. These are the people who pulled it all together. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of conflicts of interest. If you look here at the uh, Open Secrets diagram, you can see that there's all sorts of money flowing in and out of the Trump campaign that shouldn't you know, should not have been flowing in and out. You could argue there were campaign finance violations. Violations, thank you. Yeah. But it is interesting that Nick Mulvaney's there and that his niece is there. And she, mm -hmm. she was the ex-finance director of operations at Trump. So what we're saying here is a lot of these same people that are currently being called to testify in front of the committee are actually people that work directly with Trump on the Trump campaign. So it's not and like these are just ordinary folk out there that are part of these organizations. These are intimately linked. They all jumped from the Trump campaign to organizing the Stop the Steal rally. It was almost a continuous job. So when you're looking for culpability, and I know this committee is looking for culpability, they're going to go directly to, to Donald Trump in this. If you look at these names, my gut says that they are after Donald Trump, and there's no doubt about it, because these are the people who work directly with him in figuring out when they were going to set this up and how they were going to set this up. So it's a pretty big deal that they've listed these people. Another interesting it's really fact. interesting. It's really interesting, too, that, um, you know, we've said this before, that Trump is like a mob boss where there's no emails, mm -hmm. there's no text messages. So that is going to be the issue. But Jen Taub, who we had on yesterday, said, all we need is one more Michael Cohen. And I think that's there's, the there's about seven Michael Cohen's in this list. I'm telling you, <laughs> none of these ladies are going to jail. They're not interested in jail. They're very, you know, they very well healed, very uh, successful people, and they are not interested in going to jail for Donald Trump. I can tell you that right now. Interestingly enough, a lot of this money for Women for Trump came from. Oh, Sheldon our dearly Adelson. departed, uh, our dearly yeah. departed Sheldon. Yeah, so that's where all the real bankrolling came for for Amy Creamer's uh, organization and and Stone. I'm surprised he's not on this list because former wife of Roger Stone was also part of this organization. Mm. So interesting that she's not here. I wonder why the Stones get off all the time. All right, so that news story. What else do we have today? There's big news on the Alpha server that happened earlier on today. I am not going to go into the details of this case except to tell people that. That mystery that we all were focused on in, in January of uh, was January of 2017, or maybe late 2016, around that Alpha server in the Trump Towers. This is the server that was connected to Alpha Bank in Moscow. There was lots of communication back and forth. It was also connected to the Spectrum Health Company in Idaho. That's where uh, the DeVos family are not, they, they don't own it. Well, they do own it. She, the but, Spectrum Health? Yeah, they do own it. But yeah, that's, she, that, that's a family business. But she's not part of the business herself, um, Betsy. It's her husband that owns the business, per se. I mean, that's just the, you know, if, you, if we're parsing, um, and we sure. sometimes parse. Um, so I think this is also a really interesting story because you'll remember that Robert Mueller came out and said, there is no such no, no big deal. There's no real story around around the Alpha server. He said that it was investigated and nothing really happened. 
Well, according to this lawsuit, that's not really the case. It was investigated by Donald Trump's IT guy, and the results were not really conclusive. But in reality, mm -hmm. this lawsuit is suggesting that there is much more to the Alpha server than meets the eye. And that could be that there was what I first reported in, must have been April 2017, that they were washing data from the various campaigns and the various databases that they have and cross-referenced them with the Spectrum database and the Heartland credit card database to build this incredibly rich database for all the voters in America. And that's how they got to them. So, uh, and where I think you're right is that when you look at that lawsuit, the Intel guys who are doing the investigation are saying, we cannot reveal the details of the investigation because the Alpha Bank uh, folks will use that to as weaponized information. So right. clearly there's, you know, there's some, there's a, uh, they're there. And it makes me ask a question about Robert Mueller that I'm not ready to ask now, but you know, it's certainly worth thinking about Robert Mueller and why such a esteemed prosecutor and investigator would trust the word of Donald Trump's IT, Trump's guy, IT guy. guy. I mean, I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't trust that guy to like install cable for me, but there you go. <laughs> Let's do some other quick news. There's so many other things to do, but let's do one more yes. story. What, what else should we do? One or two. Oh my God, I love them both. I want to do just a quick update on the uh, disinformation doctors getting their comeuppance. Mm. We've got some real activity there. And maybe I can also just in the same breath give you the quick update on the epic hack. But bottom line is on this show a few weeks ago, we had Dr. Nick Sawyer and Nelson. They had announced on our show their no license for disinformation website. Since that time, anti-vax doctors were banned from YouTube. That's a major headline that just came out. And then yesterday, The Intercept reported that an, an anonymous hacktivist group went into the America's Frontline Doctors wow. uh, website and found out they got two months of uh, detailed information and found out that they, this anti-vax faction in America that has been literally, we've said on the show, killing people are profiteering. They've I'm made $6.7 million. Dollars. But I am surprised yeah. that it's $6.7 million in like two months. Two months, it? yeah. This mm -hmm. is insane. I mean, these guys are lying through their teeth about COVID and they're profiting off it. And you know, it's, it's a little late, frankly, YouTube and everybody else. But if we had any role in doing that, and Heidi, your, your reporting in particular had anything to do with that, that's incredible. And it was so good that Anne and Nick were here on the show to, to spread the word about that and to highlight what's going on. We'll talk a little bit more about Denise Gold a little later so I, in the show. You mean uh, Dr. Doctor Simone Gold? Simone Gold, yeah. yes, not Denise. Yeah. So is that kind yeah. of show? I have lots to say yeah, about her. So, so we'll get uh, we'll get into that, maybe with Dr. Hassan a little bit over here. And then one last thing, tell us a little bit about the epic hack. Just one last line. You know, the epic hacktivist, essentially, there was a hack that occurred where there was a ton of data revealed. It was revealed that it was from a According to their own CEO, it was just uh, he minimized the amount of damage. Well, basically, what just happened is they actually got a full bootable image mm -hmm. of Epic's administrative server. So it's basically double the original information. And from what I understand, folks involved in Anonymous who grew up being traumatized by a lot of the video they were seeing are essentially using their skill set to go after those who are putting out alt-right neo-nazi anti-vax mm -hmm. you know holocaust denialism and i think we're going to see a lot more of this 
the epic uh, hack continues to be a big story as is the oath keepers hack we'll keep an eye on both of those here on narrative yes. uh, it seems like the tables are turning a little bit uh, in this information war and it's really going to be interesting to see one 10 second uh, thing on the oath keepers zev which mm. i think is important for our viewers is that the oath keepers hack this militia hack little green men revealed 160 current u.s military and government emails and i'm just gonna leave it there yeah that's really is the big story is how many military members current serving military members were part of the insurrection on january the 6th that's going to be something we find out very very shortly we're going to take a break and also very very shortly we're going to talk to dr steve hassan who's here back with us for a second appearance because he has so much to say we couldn't fit it into one show he wrote the book about the cult of trump but he's also a uh, former mooney and he's got lots of things to say about what they're doing right now around the world and that comes up next on narrative hey folks it's zev thanks for supporting narrative here's a question why are 97 percent of the chicken served in the u.s dipped in chlorine Yes, chlorine. Well, it's simple because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. With Moink, you get the highest quality meat you've ever tasted while supporting real family farms. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find prepackaged in the meat aisle. I love moink, and I know you will too. Moink meat is so delicious, if you want to get the absolute best quality while supporting the little guy, I recommend you get to moink right now. Join the moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash narrative. And listeners to this show get free bacon for a year. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time only. Spelt moink, M-O-I-N-K. That's moo and oink together. Moinkbox.com slash narrative. N-A-R-A-T-I-V. That's moinkbox.com slash narrative. And there you go. Now you know all about moink, Steve. It's first time for that. Look who's here, Dr. Stephen Hassan, the celebrated author of The Cult of Trump. Let's show everyone the book cover here. And also a former member of the Moonies, but more importantly, also a doctor in his own right for being a, just a brilliant guy. And uh, Steve, it's great to have you back here. Thank Hassan. you, and thank you for the compliment. You know, last time you were here, I had so many questions. Heidi had so many questions. I was just, we got so stuck in, in all the other news that we were doing. We thought it would be great to have you back. And now there's more news. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the news in a bit, but uh, we wanted to share with you that this hour is going to be a little bit like last time. We're going to try cram as much as we can into the show. But Great. I've... And thank, thanks for putting up a slide of the book, which people are still reading. Oh, yeah, and sure. it, everything was correct. And in fact, I, I predicted that Trump would either try to do a false flag incident to stay in power or do some type of violent thing to try to stay in power if he didn't win the second election. And that's what's happened. It's kind of amazing to me that the base or whatever you want to call them, his followers, haven't really shifted away from him. Like there really hasn't been a decline in support for him that we can tell. You know, 70 oh, I million. I think there has for sure, but not enough. 70 million we, we Americans are still not 20, 30 million yeah. more people to wake up and yeah. realize 
sm smell the coffee, so to speak. I, I equate the 70 million uh, people who aren't getting vaccinated as, you know, potentially in his base. But of course, that's not accurate because there are all sorts of people who don't want to get vaccinated. But there are many in his base. Um, and, you know, we've been reporting a little bit about how the organizations like the one that we just mentioned now, Simone Gold's organization, uh, what's it called? Um, America's Frontline Doctors. Right. Yeah. How they've been, you know, actively lying to people, encouraging them to not get vaccinated. And now in their latest iteration, they're telling people to homeschool so they can bankrupt the public school system. I mean, these are criminal acts. I, I believe they're criminal acts. I mean, if you're going to go out on stage and tell people that, you know, total lies that may kill them, that seems to me like a criminal act. And yet, I don't know if these people are doing it for Trump or they're doing it for other people. Do you know if they're doing it for Trump? If you're asking yeah. me, I think that my thesis for the book uh, still holds true that the cult of Trump is comprised by many, many other authoritarian cults mm. with their own heads, leaders, many of them claiming to be apostles or prophets and getting direct revelations from God. And they're following their pastor, not Trump. Mm. And they got into a bit of a bind because when you're, if you're claiming to be a prophet, according to the Bible, if you make a prophecy and it doesn't come true, the Bible says to kill the person, like stone right. them to death. Right, right, right. But in this case, because they prophesied Trump would win by a landslide in 2020 and he didn't, they're in a bind. So the only, the only way to keep people faithful is to say Biden cheated and he stole the election. That's mm -hmm. the only way out of that one. They're using that narrative to try to say we need to do a violent insurrection, you know, to reinstall the correct president, right? Yeah. So it's still a very precarious. You wrote a column about time. this where you spoke about the identifying of fear is one of the things that you went through when you were first introduced to the Moonies. And you told this interesting story in that column, and maybe you can share it with everybody. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I was asked to do an opinion piece for CNN, and it just ran today. Uh, and I actually originally wrote one that talked about my three-step phobia cure, and but they had requested something on COVID and misinformation, so they really didn't like the psychotherapy approach. So that we wound up talking about the three kinds of lying that is part of the playbook of authoritarian cults. That is outright lying, withholding information that's vital or distorting it to make it palatable. Mm -hmm. So we went through all three and applied it to the anti-vax groups. And I do, you know, people who've been researching it talk about Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, ISIS, and other bad actors, including Americans, former intelligence officials who are pushing this COVID is a hoax narrative. Mm -hmm. Why? Because authoritarians, in order to take power, want chaos. They want the existing institutions to fail and so that they can take over. So to go back to answering your question, and I apologize for the That's tangent. So what my piece talked about is phobias and how phobias are irrational fears versus a real fear where there's actual danger. 
And I shared the story that I experienced directly in the moon cult in 1974, where moon ordered hundreds of members to go see in Greenwich Village, the exorcist movie. We watched it. I was scared out of my mind. Yeah. We were, How old were you? I was 19 in 1974. Oh, wow. I had been recruited earlier that year. Uh, my girlfriend dumped me. Three women flirted with me. It's one of the oldest tricks for recruitment into intelligence groups and cults to have somebody, you know, feigning attraction or try to get the recruit to fall in love with you, suck them in and then disappear. Do you Once think, I mean, did they knew, did they know that you had broken up? Like, were they, did they target you as a... They didn't know it until they asked if they could sit at my table and we got into a conversation and recruiters are experts at asking questions in innocuous ways. Right. And back then there was no internet where people could scrape your private data and know everything about you to know how to manipulate you. Back then you had to elicit it from the, the mark or the person you were trying to recruit. Right. But just to finish the story, mm. we were brought to see The Exorcist. We all got in the vans, went to the headquarters in Tarrytown, which is where Moon would give in-person talks with a translator. And he proceeded to say, God made The Exorcist. This movie was a prophecy of what would happen if you leave the Unification Church. Now, this nice Jewish boy from Queens, didn't believe in heaven or hell, yeah. but in the cult, I was programmed to believe all these inv invisible entities were trying to invade me to take me away from the Messiah, Sun oh, wow. Young Moon, because God wanted to restore America back to the original plan of the Garden of Eden, where there would be peace and love and kumbaya. And it was at that moment, the ultimate authority figure, Moon, at least ultimate in my mind, because I was programmed, he was the greatest man in human history, 10 times greater than Jesus or Moses or Buddha or Muhammad, any other religious leader, says God made the exorcist movie, not Hollywood. You believe him. And so it was at that point that I had such a fear to even allow a doubt in my mind. It was the exorcist. And they're using the same kind of idea now by introducing all these other fears. Exactly, right. exactly. So the videos, the social media messaging, using all kinds of sophisticated social psychological techniques, including embedding images, maybe subliminals. I'm waiting mm. for some, some intelligence officials with the capability to analyze it to speak publicly about that. But they're programming people, because I watch a lot of those, especially when I was in my active research of QAnon. And if you don't know better, because they intersperse truthful things, right? right. Good, effective propaganda isn't just all lies. Yeah, you need some truth. They like to quote famous people. They like to talk about generalizations that are true, etc. And then they like to slip in, you know, an unverified presupposition here or there. And then they build a case where at the very end, if you stick with it, you come out converted. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Just go back to what you were saying earlier it's on about your show. I know, you I know, and but Heidi I am. Can too. <laughs> this is amazing. Heidi can ask questions too, of course. Uh, she will. Oh, I will. Um, I just have this. You know, how did you get from three women in a in a restaurant or wherever you were to 
believing that Reverend Moon was God. You know, I mean, there's a journey there that seems quite long and, and maybe also, you know, it's a lot of indoctrination. How does that happen? I'll tell you, but I have a request. Okay. Don't call him Reverend Moon when okay. you're talking to me. Because okay. he's not a reverend. He never went to seminary. I was a reverend in the Moonies. Right. Because Moon said I was. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're right. a reverend now. You get to become one. <laughs> and it's just, it gives what him, I call him? A, an authority that he never deserved. The guy was a convicted felon mm. who served time for corruption and, and conspiracy to evade taxes. So what's the, what's the way to refer to him then? Moon or, moon. you know, Korean cult leader Moon okay. or felon Moon. But just do me a favor and don't call Sean Moon Reverend either because he's not. He was as much a Reverend as I was when so I was. So he certainly doesn't look like a reverence to me. He doesn't act like one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not in close. It, it's an absurdity. It's yeah. like somebody saying they're a doctor, you know, and I got a PhD so I can actually be called the doctor legitimately. It's like calling someone who's a, do a doctor when he didn't get any didn't yeah. do the work so calling me a doctor <laughs> just, and I didn't he's do not work. a reverend <laughs> anyway so, so tell us how you got um, there yeah i have a very interesting story i'll try to condense it but i mm. do have it in chapter two of combating cult mind control which i put up for free on my website because everyone wants to know more details but essentially i was an upper junior college i was a creative writing major i was writing poetry and short stories I was working as a banquet waiter at the Holiday Inn in Hempstead, Long oh, wow. Island. And so when I met the women and they invited me over for dinner to meet her, their friends, they started talking about how we're going away for the weekend and I have to go. And I kept saying, I work on the weekends. I'm a waiter. <laughs> I do banquets. That's how I pay my bills. I need gas money, right? Yeah. I'm 19 years old. No, 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 you don't understand that the weekend's going to be so great and incredible. Anyway, after several days, there's a picture of me, yeah, like at 150 pounds, like I'm 185, right? But that yeah. was me, like fasting yeah. for seven days at a time with you're two women. You're an easy that mark I, for them. I mean, look at you, you're just like, I, uh... <laughs> and I had recruited those two women into the cult. Oh, really? You, this is your... wow, recruiter. Anyway, I they kept pressuring me, and I made the mistake of saying, as me with the hair, that's what I looked like when I was mm. being recruited. It was February of 74, the same month as Patty Hearst was abducted by force. Oh, wow. I might add, from her apartment. In any case, so they just kept on me and I made the mistake of saying, listen, don't keep repeating this. I can't go. If some by some chance, some weekend, I don't have to work, I'll go. That was my mistake because two days later, I called my boss. I said, okay, what when, when am I coming in? Because sometimes it was a Friday night gig, Saturday morning, lunch, dinner, Sunday. He said, you won't pull off, take the weekend off. Oh, wow. So I had what's called a, a moment where I went, I gave my word. I'm a man of my word. I don't really want to go. And then, you know, that part of your mind goes, well, maybe this is, there's a bigger purpose in this. Maybe I'm right. supposed to go because right. they seem so nice. So that got me to the isolated retreat where I was sleep deprived and lied to. And there was lots of techniques of manipulation, including hypnosis, I believe. 
So those say, active events that were indoctrinating, brainwashing. It was a three-day workshop. Yeah, and they and, were brainwashing. And they tried to get me to a seven-day workshop that mm. started the next morning, and mm. I rebelled, and I said, I'm I'm a college student. I, I missed class. I need to go back, you know, and I, I got angry, and they, they had to release me because I got so angry, but I was programmed at that point, and here's the, I'm going to give your listeners a, a, a moony moment. So at the end of a three-day workshop where you're overloaded, sleep-deprived, and your brain is like mush, the the lecturer, and I'm not going to do the whole voice thing, but the lecturer says something like, so we've been covering a lot of very deep things for the last three days, and there's probably a part of you that's saying, what if it's all rubbish? But on the other hand, Zev, yes. what if, what, what if, it's, if it's real? What if it's true? Yeah. Could you walk away from the son of God? Right? Mm-hmm. So they're putting this what if in your head and you're thinking, even if there's one in 10,000 chance that the world's going to get saved in this mess that exists yeah. and remember the 70s where we were still in vietnam draft lottery all mm. kinds of corruption that continues to this day so the the bottom line was was that they got me enough that when i got home my parents were like where have you been we were so worried of course there were no cell phones and they said you look like you're on drugs i said i don't think they gave me any drugs my mother said let's go talk to the rabbi I said, Mm. sure. (laughs) And the rabbi was useless. And what he should have said to me, and I do teach, I teach clergy people around the the world. I say, if somebody is asking you a question about a group you don't know anything about, say something like, you know what? If a group is legitimate, it will stand up to scrutiny. Right. So take a time out and do some independent research. And I'm willing to do it with you because again, there's no rush. Don't allow yourself to be pressured to get into something that you don't know fully who it is, what they believe, what's expected of them, etc. You know, we all fell for that, though. I mean, it's not, you know, not just you. The media covered Moon's weddings, these mass weddings that they had. We saw Donald Trump, you know, addressing their whatever it was, a little festival they had. The think tank of, 20, yeah, 20, on September 11th. Yeah. With the former head of the United Nations, Ban Ki-moon. Yeah. And Trump was saying how wonderful uh, Mrs. Moon was. And what a scholar, Dr. Moon. She's no doctor. She paid $30,000 for her doctorate as an honorary doctorate, right? But he gave this, you know, nice talk. I'm curious how many millions they paid him to do it. It must have been a fortune. I mean... No, I, I, so the only reference I had, and, and I, I brought out a couple of show and tells. Oh, great. I knew you wanted to, to talk about it. This is a book that most people have never say. heard of. It's um, by the, uh, is it in the frame? Yeah, let me get it's you a better framing here. Give me one head second. head of staff of the uh, Congressional Subcommittee investigation into the Moonies and the KCIA. And I had just been deprogrammed from the Moonies, and I brought out all of the internal documents of Moon's speeches about saying that democracy was satanic and we have to infiltrate 
the congressmen's and senators' offices so we can manipulate them. So circle back. So I have one more show and tell. This is my copy of the Bible, what's called the Completed Testament in the Moonies. It's greater than the Old Testament or the New Testament. And it basically tells you why Moon is the Messiah, except it's full of BS, essentially. Mm -hmm. Thank you for spending your time with Narrative. And stay tuned. There's much more to this conversation in our next episode. Narrative is made possible by viewers and listeners like you, who join at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Join today and support truly independent journalism. Patreon.com forward slash narrative.